Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to a Sunday edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope you are all well wherever you're watching or listening to this episode around this world of ours. And what a nice Sunday morning it is after a 5-0 win for Arsenal at the Emirates yesterday against Sheffield United. If you haven't seen my player ratings video from the game that I did yesterday, then it is down there in the channel somewhere. So go and have a look for that if you want to take a look. But I wanted to... um, Spend today's show, of course, sort of looking a little bit more in depth at what happened yesterday. We'll look at what Mikel Arteta's had to say, explore some of the big talking points from the game. And of course, we will end the show with a few of the comments that you guys have sent in following what was a very, in the end, comfortable win for Arsenal and a much needed win as well. I think, look, Sheffield United are not a good football team. Well, I mean, they're a good football team, but they're not a Premier League standard football team. I think that is becoming abundantly clear. With each weekend that passes this season in the Premier League, they're a side that are going to go down and they're going to go down with a very, very low points total. So what you want to do when you play Sheffield United this season is win comfortably, score goals and boost your goal difference. And Arsenal did that yesterday. And that is all you can really ask for from a game like that. I don't think you can read too much into the performance, the scoreline, because Sheffield United are just not at the required quality of most of the other teams in the Premier League. So you just have to do what you have to do, and that is score goals. And Arsenal did that. They scored five. They conceded none. They boosted their goal difference. They moved ahead of Tottenham in the goal difference standings in the Premier League, which could end up being crucial. Who knows? I mean, Tottenham are still clearly ahead of Arsenal on points, but Arsenal are ahead of them in terms of goal difference. And I think that could be an important thing as well. And, you know, it was a really good win in the end for Arsenal. Um, It was a dominant victory. I mean, you look at the stats from the game. Sheffield United had two shots. To be fair, I can't eat. I think one of those was one from about the halfway line in the first half that ended up going close to the corner. I don't even think David Rye was off his line. It was a really bizarre moment 
and ended up nearly going for the corner flag and you know, had no shots on target, 32% possession. I mean, it was so one-sided, so one-sided. Um, and, you know, you look at Sheffield United's results so far this season, I mean, they got hammered 8-0, didn't they, by Newcastle? They're not a good football team in Premier League standards. And um, and that was very, very abundantly clear yesterday. Arsenal used the game to make a lot of changes. Mikel made five from the team that played against Sevilla in the Champions League. Um, it was an opportunity to rotate. I felt it was important that he did that. Perhaps rotated a little bit more than I was expecting him to. I'd called in the build-up to it for Emil Smith-Rowe to get a start. I felt like it was a good opportunity to smart start this from Smith-Rowe. He did that. He brought in Jakob Kivio, gave Gabriel a break, things like that. And it was um, So it was a much-changed team. And I think maybe the first half hour was a, a bit of a result of that. You know, Arsenal utterly dominant when it came to possession and everything like that. But they just couldn't really find a way through. And at time, it didn't look like they were going to find a th- way through. But, you know, I was sitting dead in line in the press box where I sit. is dead in line with that penalty area, right, right on the 18-yard line, basically. And all I could see every time I looked up was... Um, uh, just Sheffield United lining up basically in two banks of five, pretty much. You had the defence and you had the midfield stroke attack just right next to each other, cutting out the space. And that was all Arsenal were facing for that first half hour. And when you come up against teams like that, who play against like, like that, who have a game plan like that, it's all about just being patient and waiting for that one opportunity to break them down. And then once you've broken them down, the game is going to be very, very different. And Arsenal were patient. I didn't think they played particularly well in that first half hour, but they kept moving the ball from side to side. They kept possession. They kept plugging away. And eventually the chance came. I think the chance probably could have come quicker if they'd have moved the ball a little bit quicker. It was a bit one-paced. But when the goal came, you know, it was a really, really quality goal. Lovely finish from Nketiah. Nice ball in from Rice to touch and finish from Nketiah was very, very good. And from that moment onward, you know, there was only one outcome and that was going to be a comfortable win for Arsenal. It was just a matter of how many goals they were going to end up going to get. And they ended up getting five. Um, even that last sort of 10 minutes before half time, after the opening goal had gone in, it was a completely different game. You could see suddenly the space was appearing. Arsenal were looking a lot more dangerous. Their confidence up. Sheffield United knew that it was a long way back for them. And managed to keep it a 1-0 to half-time. But then, you know, Eddie got that goal right early on in the second half from the corner. And once that happened, then, you know, it was game, set and match. And Arsenal were always going to cruise to what was a comfortable victory. And in the end, 5-0, their biggest league win of the season. Well, in fact, their biggest win of the season, beating the 4-0 against Bournemouth from PSV in the Champions League. And Mikel Arteta afterwards was understandably a very happy manager. This is what he had to say. So I actually thought it was interesting sitting in his press conference. First one I've been at this season. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting when he talked about he he purposely on Thursday, once the players had got back from Spain and they'd sort of set their focus out away from the Champions League and started to focus on this game against Sheffield United, he purposely just um, gave them what he described as a jolt um, just to bring them back to sort of down to earth and make them realise, look, you can't, you've had these two really, really big draining away games away at Chelsea. You've had to fight back from 2-0, then in Sevilla, where you've had to really sort of fight to come away with an excellent Champions League win. Now you've got Sheffield United. Potentially, they could take their eye off the board a little one, a little bit ahead of that. They could think, ah, oh, finally, we've got a nice, easy game at home. This is going to be comfortable. And he said he gave them, purposely gave them a bit of a jolt just to make sure they were not in that mindset because he knew they couldn't afford to be. So this is what he had to say. He said, um, they came from their national teams. We beat City. Then we had the international break. Then we had to go to Stamford Bridge. 
Um, we did what we did at Stamford Bridge and then we had to go to Sevilla. That's a really stressful week uh, in addition to what they've been experiencing the last few weeks as well. Um, then you can have the tendency to think now we're going to play at home and that would have been the worst thing we could have done to compete against this team today on the performance. That shows and the fact that Paul Hagen um, well, afterwards, the Sheffield United manager, he came into his press conference and he said that Arsenal won the physical battle. Um, and when Mikel was asked about that, he said that shows the mentality and determination that the team wants and how much they have to respect every game and every ball, the influence that every ball has in the journey you have to have throughout the game. They took the game in a really serious way. On Thursday, I gave them a big alert because of the context and the difference we have to play with the last Man City, Chelsea and Sevilla games. I'm really happy with how they approached it. And it was a very, very professional performance, I thought, from Arsenal. After that sort of opening half an hour, when it was just a little bit slow, I thought it was a very professional performance. Of course, one that was um, just, you know, it was just centred around that fantastic hat-trick from Eddie Nketiah. What a brilliant hat-trick it was as well. The first goal, really, really good. That touch, just so clever in and around the penalty area. The touch to sort of bring it inside Austin Trusty, who had a difficult game, Austin Trusty. And then the finish was lovely. The second goal, you know, the proper Eddie Nketiah finishing in around the penalty area. The ball broke to him after Fodderinham had spilled Saka's corner. He made no mistake. And then the third goal was just all about confidence. You know, when do you really see Eddie taking those sorts of shots on? You don't that often, but he was so confident yesterday. He was in such a you know, positive mood after those two goals. He wanted the hat-trick and he took that shot on and what a goal it was. It was one of those goals the kind of the, the noise around the Emirates in the aftermath of that goal going in, it was one of those sort of took the breath away type goals. You know, he just hit it so hard. It was, I think it was most of the crowd like, didn't really know Eddie had that in him. We've always seen him score goals from in and around the penalty area. That's where he comes alive. That's where his strength is. You don't often see him taking shots from outside the area. Certainly not shots with that sort of velocity and power, but he just absolutely pinged it into the top corner. There was no second thought about what he was going to do when Smith Rowe gave him that ball. And it was just a really, really excellent finish and tops off what was a really, really excellent hat-trick. And you can see, and if you're watching this on YouTube, that picture of him kissing the match ball. I love the moment when Saka came over in the celebrations after the third goal and presented him with that match ball. It's a lovely thing from Saka to do. Eddie gave it a kiss and then held it a, held it aloft to the crowd. He said, I can't tell you how many times I've dreamt at this moment to get three goals in a Premier League match. I'm a childhood supporter of the club. So to do it in front of the, my friends and family, um, teammates is an amazing feeling it's a day i'll remember forever he also said that his, he lost his aunt unfortunately um a few weeks ago and he dedicated his hat trick to his aunt which i thought was a really lovely touch but yeah a really really good day for eddie and Ketier. and mikhail was speaking about him in his press conference afterwards and said you know is this a really good response from eddie to those people who said he's not a top level striker and he said well to me he is top level we started nine out of our 10 premier league games so that tells you how much we trust him and the importance he has in the team. I'm really happy for him, an academy player, to experience a Premier League hat-trick. He needs to enjoy the moment. He fully deserves it, and hopefully there are many more to come. If you're watching this on YouTube, I love this picture. It's just three Hayland Academy graduates doing their thing on a Saturday afternoon for Arsenal. Smith, Rose, Saka, Nketiah, two of those wore the armband yesterday. You know, if that, if there, if there should be a picture just put up on the wall at Hale End, it should be something like this to say, look what you can achieve if you work hard and you follow your dreams at Arsenal Football Club. It's a great moment. Freddie, I'm really, really happy for him. It's five goals in the Premier League now for him this season. You know, he is more than a bit part player at the moment. I, even now, I see people sending comments into me saying, he's still not good enough. He's still not good. It's like, God, can you not just enjoy the fact that you scored a hat-trick? 
um, and that he's, you know, had a big, big moment for him. Is he Arsenal's number one striker? No. Do I think he'll probably ever be Arsenal's number one striker? No, but he's a valuable member of the squad. He's a very good footballer. He's an Arsenal boy and he's doing his thing, scoring goals for Arsenal in the Premier League. I think we should all just enjoy that rather than just criticise for the sake of criticising. So well done to Eddie and Ketia. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, brilliant as well for Tommy Asu. I love that celebration when he scored the goal. You could see what it meant to him. It was his first Arsenal goal. He's been close before. Um, and you could see what it meant to him. You could see how happy all his teammates were. You could see how happy all the fans were, the cheers he got, the chant that was ringing around. You know, it's a really nice moment for him. Mikel saying, look, I love him. Everybody loves him. He's one of the most popular in the dressing room. You can see the reaction of his teammates towards him. They wanted him there at the front, enjoying it. He's always very respected and always doing things for the rest of the boys. He's a fantastic player for the team. And he's such an important member of this squad, Tommy Asu, as well, similar to Nketia. He might not be the regular starter. Many people think he probably should be. And I don't think there'd be too many people that complained if he was a regular starter in this team. Um, but he just, whenever he plays, whether it's starting or a substitute appearance, he comes on and he just does such a good team, thing for the team. Can play all the different positions in defence. He's getting miles, miles better playing as an inverted fullback as well. We saw that against Sevilla in midweek and it was really nice for him to get his goal at the Emirates as well in front of the North Bank and to have that moment celebrating. Uh, it, was a, yeah, it was a lovely way to sort of end what was a really positive game. Uh, Martin Odegaard, who was on the subs bench yesterday, didn't start. Didn't play, in fact, didn't even come on the subs bench. Um, Mikel was speaking about it in the press conference. I thought it was probably a good move to rest Odegaard. This is before I heard Mikel say that he had, he's had he been carrying an injury. You know, he hasn't had the greatest of performances the last few games. You know, I'm not worried about Martin Odegaard. And I don't, you know, he absolutely comes back into the team for me against Newcastle next week. But, you know, you've got to pick and choose games to rotate, to rotate players. And if they're not in the best of form, you know, sometimes it's better to let them have a match out of the limelight a little bit. And when you're at home to Sheffield United, you know, if there's ever an opportunity to give someone like Martin Odegaard a rest, that is the game to do it. Mikel did that. Um, and he, was, he was speaking about him afterwards, but he did reveal that he had been carrying a bit of an injury. He said, we went through all the minutes 
um, that everybody has played in the last few weeks. He's played in enormous amounts of minutes. He's been carrying a little thing that wasn't very comfortable in the games. We have players with enormous quality and we have to trust them. We believed it was the right day to do so. He's then asked on how tough the last few weeks have been for Odegaard. Um, you know, he's been not in the best of form for Arsenal. Norway have suffered a real disappointing couple of games in their hopes of qualifying for the Euro 2004. He said, I think he's endured a lot. The last couple of weeks have been really good for the team. But he's been playing every game, as he said, and he's had a difficult period with the national team. It was a blow for them with what happened. But this is football. He needs to get on with that. He's a massive player. For us, you know, I, I think Odegaard will obviously sit out this weekend's game, a midweek game. He might be on the bench against West Ham in the Carabao Cup, but I think he definitely comes in for the game up at Newcastle next weekend, the place where he had such a good performance last season. Mark Man Bryan's a reporter for PA who covers Arsenal. He later revealed yesterday after the press conference that the injury that Odegaard has been suffering with is a hip injury. So hopefully that's not too bad. It's something Arsenal can manage and he can get back to full fitness very, very soon. Right, before we end today's show, just going to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the questions or comments that you guys have sent in in response to yesterday's game. Here's one from Vet Para who says, Hi, Charles. I remember when Arsenal left Saliba out of the squad um, uh, after that failed loan debacle. One of the reasons Arteta gave was that he lacked rhythm and needed protection. How much of ESR's absence do you think can simply be explained by him needing protection to get his rhythm back. Was so happy to see him start, but he still doesn't look quite himself. Hopefully more minutes in the League Cup and we see the 2021-22 ESR sooner rather than later. Yeah, I was delighted to see Smith Rowe. Like I said, in the build-up to the game, I thought this was a match that it was a really good opportunity to give him minutes. He wasn't at his very best, um, but I don't think many... I, I, I think it had been quite a stretch to think he would be at his very best. He's not played barely any games barely any minutes to throw him straight into the team and expect him to see 2021-22 Smith Rowe. It just wasn't going to happen, but I thought he played pretty well. He was involved. He was bright. He got the assist. Yes, it was just a, a nothing assist, really, but he was still him who passed the ball to Nketiah, so he got himself the assist for the third goal. Um, and I just, I just thought it was really great to see him back in the in the team, in the Premier League. You know, and this is a player who... Not so long ago, we're all basically thinking he's so far down the pecking order, we're not going to see him. And now suddenly he does appear to be a little bit ahead of Fabio Vieira, even in the in the pecking order. You know, he started yesterday's game, Vieira was on the bench. He was the one who came on against Chelsea. Vieira wasn't even a team in the squad. And so it seems like Smith Rowe is slowly working his way through the pecking order, whether that's because he's improving in training or, or whatever's happening. Um, but it was just really good to see him back on the pitch. And I do think, like you say, uh, Vet Parrot, if we can if he can get more minutes and he can start um, just getting his rhythm back, then we're going to see a really quality player involved for Arsenal during you know, the second half of the season and more, perhaps. And that'll be such a beneficial thing to Mikel Arteta and to the squad. Because when Smith Rowe's on song, when he's fit, when he's playing well, you know, he's a quality player and he offers something just a little bit different to this Arsenal squad. That ability to run with the ball, to get in behind, the little touches around the corners. You know, Yes, we didn't really see too much of that yesterday, but he's working his way back into the team and he's working his way back into form. And you know, the more minutes he gets, the more opportunities that gets he gets, the better he's going to become. And uh, hopefully he can really sort of back up yesterday's performance with a re another really strong showing in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday. And then he's going to be, you know, really putting pressure on Arteta and other players to, um, in terms of, a, you know, maybe not a regular starting spot, but certainly a real regular presence in this team. Uh, here's one from Richard B. Richard says, Declan Effin Rice. I say it every time I see him play, he's just so good. One of the big missing pieces for a title run, along with Saliba, a starter on any of the world's best 10 list. 
Raya's nerves have been settled and he showed his distribution. He is known for the pass to Gabriel Martinelli was almost an assist. Speaking of Martinelli, there's another one that is absolutely top class, a constant threat, Mr. Livewire. And of course, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. That unstoppable thumper is one of one for the highlight reel. To be fair, Chef United's game plan is the opposite of what they should have done. Dropping back and soaking up pressure at the Emirates is a recipe for a loss. They had zero counter-attacking threat. It's like they're waiting to be scored on. Even after the goal, they still sat back. If you let five goals in, it's going to be tough to win. Yeah, look, Chef United were poor. The game plan was just basically, it felt like to me, the game plan wasn't to avoid defeat. The game plan was to avoid defeat by a huge margin. And they failed miserably on both accounts. It was just a nothing performance from them and they got exactly what they deserved and that was a thumping. Um, but yeah, Declan Rice, what a player he is. What a player he is. You know, I've said it so many times. I say it all the time. In fact, pretty much every video is like just a bargain. I mean, how can you say that about someone who cost over £100 million? But he's just slotted in so perfectly to this Arsenal team and he gives them so much and see him even now he's, every week he's becoming more of a threat going forward as well he got the assist yesterday scored the goal at Chelsea um just drives forward and makes things happen he wins the ball back so often he's just an absolute top quality world-class performer and yeah he's just made this Arsenal team he just makes his team better I think he's just that good he walks in like you said to any team in this world um I think and he's going to get better and better and better. And that's uh, that's great. So, yeah, I like, like that comment. Thank you very much for getting in touch, Richard. Uh, here's one from Bungle the Gooner. He says, I loved how excited I felt when I saw the lineup. No longer do I see three-plus changes in, to the start and 11. Feel nervy about it. Up the Arsenal. Yeah, I thought this exactly the same. I was sitting in the press room uh, when the team news was announced. I was sitting next to Tom Canton, who I'm sure you all know, works for Football London, um, uh, presents the Gooner Talk TV, um, the Gooner Talk uh, YouTube channel who uh, he's been on this channel before, I've been on his channel. And I said to him, we looked at the team, he showed me the team on his computer, actually. And I said, I really like that. You know, I just, it looked like there was lots of movement in that team. It looks like there was a lot of attacking threat. And even though there'd been five changes, it just looked good. And the subs bench looked good. And and I said it to him and, it, you know, I think Arsenal just built this squad now so smartly, so cleverly that the squad is strong. It is really strong. The substitutes are always making... Um, the difference when they come on in the second half, but you can rotate, you can make five changes and the starting 11 still looks, just has a nice look to it, I think. And, you know, that's testament to the work that Mikel Arteta, Edu, the board, everyone has done when it comes to sort of building this squad and turning things around in such a short space of time compared to uh, how things were just a, just a couple of years ago, really. Again, I go back to the team that Arsenal, last time Arsenal played Sheffield United in the Premier League um, before yesterday was only... Uh, I think it was April 2021, and the team was just remarkable. And the back four that day was Callum Chambers, Rob Holding, Pablo Mani, Pablo Mari, and Granite Xhaka. You know, it had Danny Sabas in central midfield. It was just, it's just chalk and cheese how much things have changed in such a short space of time, and it's uh, it's really really great to see. Uh, just finally, before I wrap this up, here's one here from Mason who says, uh, "How come you were back in the press box yesterday?" Yes, I'm sure if you've seen the. Uh, player racing video I did. I was back in the press box yesterday. I'm doing match coverage again for goal. Arsenal coverage, just match coverage uh, for them on the weekends or midweek. I'm going to go to West Ham. I'll be in the press box again in West Ham on Wednesday night as well. Mainly for away games. Home game, Most of the home games, I'm still going to be sitting where in my own seat with my dad watching the games. But for the occasional home game like yesterday, it gave me the opportunity to let my nephew go with my dad. And I went and sat in the press box and worked for goal. But mainly it's going to be covering away games. I'll be back at press conferences from time to time as well. So uh, you will see me back behind the scenes again uh, going forward from this point. Almost it was great to be back in the press box yesterday. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, so you can see more and more of that for me. But mainly away games, but the occasional home game as well. 
All right, that's it from me, everyone. Have a good Sunday, wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. Just want to say such sad news about Matthew Perry uh, passing away. If you're like me and uh, grew up in the sort of 90s and uh, Friends would have been a huge part of your life probably because it was such a huge phenomenon of a TV show. It's probably the show I've watched more than any other TV show. And yeah, yeah, really, really sad news that Matthew Perry's passed away. I can't, I couldn't actually believe it when I saw that this morning and I couldn't actually believe how sad it made me feel. Uh, but he was just such a huge part. That show was such a huge part of uh, all of our lives, really. It was such a worldwide phenomenon and uh, really sad news about Matthew Perry. But um, anyway, have a great Sunday, everyone. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow to talk more things Arsenal once again. I'll speak to you all very, very soon. 